grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for this Sunday is from Philippians, uh, the Sunday of rejoicing. And Paul writes, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the God of peace, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You know, dear friends of Christ, you know, there are times, uh, and we've said many times, that Advent means coming. And we all know that because we, we, we experience this season every year. He's coming. And of course, if something is coming, that means we have to watch and we have to wait and we have to wait and we have to wait uh, with all that expectation, waiting. And uh, waiting isn't always easy. Waiting for Jesus isn't easy. And how easy would it be for him just simply to come back again? And if he came back again, it would all be done, and we, we'd get to begin our lives. That would be the beginning of our joy. Just come. Just come and put an end to all this, all the suffering and all the pain and, and the brokenness and the sin of the world. We wait. You know, we do a lot of waiting in this life. We wait in the post office line to mail our cards and packages, especially in this time. There's a lot of waiting at restaurants. You go at this time of year, everybody's having their Christmas parties, and, and you know, it's how long is a waiting line? And, of course, then you, you, you go to the grocery store, and, and you have to wait behind the person in the checkout line, and it always seems like your checkout line goes slower than everybody else's. And, and then we wait for the traffic light in this time of season, uh, um, hoping that that green light will hurry us up so that we can get to our destination more quickly because we're such busy people. And then we wait for our loved ones. We wait for them to call, and, and we wait for them to visit. And they don't call, and they don't visit. And we wait in the doctor's office because we want our turn to be there. And there's so many people in the doctor's office, but we have to sit and wait. And then we pray to God, and we wait. We wait for an answer. We pray to God, and we wait for Him to come back again. And we think we, we, we have so many needs and we have so many concerns and so we pray for things that we think we need and think we want but don't deserve. We wait for Christmas to come. We wait for Him to come again. And sometimes we want it to come quick because uh, if you're like the Caldwell family and we're having an open house tonight, you're, you're all welcome, but... You know, it's been busy at our household. My wife, our, our organist, of course, uh, has been very busy cooking. And, and you're invited to drop by the Caldwell House for our open house from, from 4 to 6. Um, but it's busy. And then as soon as, as soon as that's done, the kids show up. And, uh, of course, as a pastor, I've got, it's busy. It's, and, and, and so there's so much, so much going on. And in the midst of all this busyness, I'm told to wait. I'm told to wait and watch and then wait some more. As sinners, our, our, our sinful hearts don't handle pa uh, patience very well. We don't handle being told, especially if you're an impatient person. Um, and so during this season, we see a lot of panic attacks. And maybe that's something you struggle with, but during this season, it happens a lot. A lot of depression, a lot of panic attacks. We become anxious because there's so much going on. We can't seem to balance it all, manage it all. And there are anxieties uh, this time of season. There's anxieties about the future. There's anxieties about our lives, anxieties about our family, anxiety about our friends, and we worry. 
about ourselves. We worry about things, that, that things won't turn out the way we planned, that life isn't going to be what we hoped it would be, and we worry about uh, that our worst fears are going to come true, or the worst things in life will come to pass. We need Jesus' help. And so maybe Jesus today, in this season of rejoicing, will come and give us joy, will come and give us joy for our hearts and give us joy for our minds so that we can rejoice in the Lord always. So our theme, let us, uh, letting Jesus guard your heart and your mind. You know, our Old Testament, Israel, they knew about anxiety, the, just the people. I think God's people have always known anxiety, worry. And they're always waiting, always the people of Israel, always waiting for something. Uh, and the next king, they were waiting for an enemy to conquer them. Uh, they were waiting for, uh, to be delivered out of slavery. They were waiting to come back from exile. They were waiting for the judgment of God to be fulfilled that the prophets have proclaimed. Uh, they were waiting for the Messiah to come. When is the Messiah going to come? When is the kingdom on earth going to be established? And of course, Jesus said, my kingdom's not of this world. So they had uh, false expectations. All this anxiety. John the Baptist had anxiety. And that's why he sent his messengers. He sent his messengers to ask Jesus, are you the one to come or should we expect another? And of course, it's strange how John, who had so boldly just earlier proclaimed, look, disciples, you who are following me, don't follow me any longer. There's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Follow him. He's the Lamb. I'm not worthy to untie his shoes. Go follow the Christ. And now then, all of a sudden, something has changed. He's second-guessing himself. He grew anxious. He grew worried. He grew troubled. He had an unsettled spirit. Maybe he was wrong about Jesus. Maybe he wasn't the Christ. Maybe he wasn't the one who had come to save the world. And his time was short, and he knew it. Business was urgent because he was sitting in King Herod's dungeon. He was imprisoned, and all for Jesus. And was he the one? I would imagine there wasn't a whole lot of joy. I don't think John the Baptist was rejoicing with all that anxiety going on in his life. Are you the one or not? And, of course, Jesus gave a beautiful answer. He didn't just say yes. He pointed to all the facts. He pointed to all the evidence. He said, John, you know the Bible, and you know the prophecies. The blind will see, the lame will run. And so Jesus gives John this message. The blind see, the lame walk, lepers are cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised. And most importantly, the good news is preached to the poor. And all of these were signs that Jesus was who he claimed to be. That even though John was in prison, he needs to rejoice. And I wonder if that message brought him joy. It did. All these signs that pointed to Jesus being the Christ brought him, caused his heart to rejoice. It calmed, it brought peace to his troubled heart, it brought peace to his troubled mind, even though he was in prison and even though he would soon be executed. 
Jesus is always the answer to our anxieties. And of course, that's why Paul wrote his letter to, in our, in our epistle lesson, the letter to the Philippians, the Lord is near, the Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. And you need to hear that. The Lord is near, the Lord is at hand. He was then, He still is today. Therefore, do not be anxious about anything. So why are we supposed to set aside all of our anxieties? It's, it's because Jesus is here. And, and we say we believe that, and yet we live as if we don't. Yes, Jesus is here. Well, what does that mean? I've got nothing to worry about, so why are you worrying? Jesus is here. Okay, yes, you say that, but then why is your heart so troubled? And He's not only here, but He's also coming again. And we know that. There's, there's no reason to fear. So we have no reason to worry. We have no reason to be anxious. We just simply trust Him. It's so simple, right? Let our hearts and minds be at peace. So in the season of preparing, how are you doing? Today is the Sunday of rejoicing. How successful have you been at preparing your heart in rejoicing, laying aside all your anxieties, laying aside all your troubles, laying aside all your worries, laying aside all your fears? You know, all this Advent preparation, are you simply just trusting in God's promises and rejoicing, being filled with peace? Well, how can we? Again, this is a tough time this season. And everybody says, this is Christmas, we're supposed to be happy, and everybody says, I'm not happy, everybody else is happy, but I'm not. And then God comes in this very difficult time, and then He has, tells us these words, rejoice always. And we say, are you kidding? Rejoice always. Why, why is He commanding me? I'm having a tough enough time. I don't need somebody, you know, honking at me. Well, you just start rejoicing. And I think, I think we're hearing the message wrong. Now, please don't misunderstand me. This is not a, a simplistic and trite sermon on, on uh, you know, don't worry, just be happy. Just, you know, turn that, turn that frown upside down. It's not just that. This is not a psychology lesson. Our, however, our text does say rejoice in the Lord always. So how do we do that? not such an easy task. And it certainly doesn't mean that we're supposed to pretend to be at peace and then put on this, this, this facade, this happy-go-lucky, this, this euphoric smiley face. And people said, how are you this Christmas? I am fine, I'm rejoicing, it's Christmas. It doesn't mean that you have to walk around on a cloud nine all the time when you're not on cloud nine. It just means that you cling to His promises. Listen, maybe this is a time of year that you're not having a good year. You're not having, you're having difficulties. And maybe you aren't happy. And sometimes events and things of life cause us to be unhappy. And we have a reason to be unhappy. And if you're unhappy, I'm sorry. I re- I'm sorry that you're having to go through difficult times. It happens during Christmas. 
these challenges. But does your unhappiness mean that you are unable to rejoice? Does your, now I want you to think about that. Does your unhappiness mean that you're unable to rejoice in God's promises? Does your unhappiness mean that you're unable to rejoice in the promises that God has placed in your heart, the promises you possess? Promises that bring peace to your heart and mind. Or can you still rejoice? Even though you're the times are tough. And then we come to this Christmas season, we come to this Advent season. Can this be a blessed Advent season? Can it be a blessed Christmas? Maybe even a merry one. Even though you're dying? Can this be a blessed Christmas even though you're suffering? Alone? Mourning? Yes, it can. And, and I'm not saying that you're happy. I'm just saying that you're simply clinging. In the midst of your burden, clinging to the promise of God. Come again, O Lord my God. Let Advent fill my heart. Simply be certain of God's promise. That in the midst of your burdens, in the midst of your troubles and weakness and despair, you cling to the promises of God. And you are certain that God is in the midst of all your troubles and all your burdens. And, and so Paul writes, put your faith into practice. Put your faith into practice. You know the Lord is near. You know the Lord is your strength. You know the Lord is your rock and your salvation. You know the Lord has a plan for you. And so you tell your heart and your mind, do not be anxious about everything, but in everything, in the midst of all this darkness, and in the midst of all this suffering, by prayer and petition, make my request known to the Lord. And the God of peace, which surpasses all human understanding, will guard your hearts and guard your minds in Christ Jesus. You see, this is not a command. It's not an, ab, ad, an admonition. <laughs> Couldn't get that word out. An admonition of how we're supposed to feel. It's an invitation. It's an expectation. My heart and my mind is at peace with God. It's a statement of fact in the midst of all this sin and darkness. And listen, the sin and darkness of this world will bring suffering and pain to your heart. I guarantee it. The darkness of this world will make your mind, the darkness of this world fills our hearts and minds with trash. All kinds of trash. Fears and worries and anxieties and burdens. Swirling emotions that cause so much conflict. And when that happens, do we have faith? When we struggle, do we have faith? Can Christians grieve? Can Christians be sad? Can Christians struggle? 
Can Christians be lonely? And when we find ourselves wrapped up in the midst of all this stuff, lost in all that anxiety of the world that, are, that those emotions bring, what does that say about us? And then our faith is challenged, isn't it? And we wonder where God is, and we cry out to the Lord, as, we, as the psalmist does. My sides are filled with burning, and there's no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble, and I'm crushed, and I groan because of the tumult of my heart. Oh, Lord! My heart's in tumult. But the psalmist also says in the same chapter, but for you, O Lord, do I wait. Oh, there's that waiting again. There's that waiting, there's that advent again. But in you, O Lord, I will wait. It is you, O Lord, my God, who will answer. And we know He will, don't we? And we know He, and we know he does. And with the words of the psalmist, we remind ourselves, wait for the Lord. Oh, there's that wait again. Wait for the Lord and be strong. Wait for the Lord and be strong and let the Lord and let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. No, oh, but be careful here. Don't trust your heart. Trust in God's promises instead. Your heart is going to mislead you. Mark tells us for out of the heart, out of men's heart, out of the human heart, Proceed evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. And our culture wants you to follow your heart. Follow the ways of your heart. Listen to your own heart, but your heart is a problem. And that's why you're filled with so much anxiety. So instead, in the midst of all this darkness, that fills our heart, we make our prayers known to God. We make our supplications known to God. And we lay them before Him and we wait. We pray, create in me a clean heart, O God, and He does. He does. I, I love Zephaniah. And I, I, I use this at the bedside. I, this is one of the texts I use, um, that the Lord rejoices over you with singing. Do you think the Lord, this is a Sunday of rejoicing. Does He rejoice over you? He doesn't just rejoice over you. He rejoices over you with loud singing. You know, we sing our praises to Him, and sometimes we're not all that enthusiastic with our hymns, are we? And, and we're supposed to rejoice over God with loud singing. We don't even rejoice over Him with loud singing. And what does He do? He sings hymns to us. Can you imagine Jesus using your name, rejoicing over you, you know, my wife used to do that to our kids, and she'd have she'd make up. She's good at you know doing that, just making a, a song and making it rhyme. And so she'd hold she she'd hold them and and use their name and tell them how much she loves them and how much they're loved. And they loved those poems. They loved being sung over. Can you imagine God holding you in His arms, singing a love song with a with all His gusto? And then you looking into his face and saying, you talking about me? You talking about me? Be still and know. Wait. Your God loves you. 
and he comes to you. God gives you good reason to rejoice because Jesus lives in you. Now, you still may have tough times, okay? But those tough times cannot take the promises away. Jesus, give, give us a clean heart, and he does. Give me a peace that passes all human understanding, and he does. Give me a peace in the time of my trouble, and help me wait. Guide my heart, guide my mind, and he does. Because he dwells in our hearts, he dwells in our minds. And no matter how much darkness is there, those dark moments that are there for you, they can't overwhelm you. They can't take the promise away. And that's why you remind yourself. You remind yourself during this season, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. For the Lord is near. And I don't... I know some of you think that the Christian life demands that you're always happy, and if you're not happy, you're probably not a very good Christian. That's not true. Paul's word to the Philippians are not, you must rejoice or else. It's good news. It's encouragement. It's an opportunity. You get to rejoice because he lives in you. You get to rejoice because he sings over you. It's not don't be anxious or else but instead don't be anxious you, you don't have to be anxious anymore now you get to rejoice trusting in jesus in that way frees us trusting in jesus frees us from anxiety and fear it brings us a peace from all that internal conflict because that rejoicing runs deeper than the fears of our heart that rejoicing runs deeper than the darkness that fills our mind. It's a peace that began at the cross and ran right through the open tomb and right, ran right into the throne of God. It's that peace that descends, that descends to you, that lives in your heart. It's a peace that looks forward to His coming again as we wait. And so here we wait. We wait for Christmas. We wait for God's promises to be fulfilled. We wait for His coming. Amen. And now may the peace of God that passes all understanding keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus and to life everlasting. Amen.